The National Desk, Conversations, America's News Now. I'm Jan Jeffcoat, and welcome to Episode 8 of the National Desk Conversations. Every weekday, we invite newsmakers onto our morning television broadcast to discuss topics everybody's talking about. On today's podcast, we revisit our conversation with West Virginia Senator Shelley Moore Capito. She's coming out strong against President Biden's Build Back Better spending bill, even though she voted for the bipartisan infrastructure deal. Before we get to that conversation, we do begin with one of President Biden's allies and staunch supporter of his plan, Delaware Senator Democrat Chris Coons. Delaware Senator Chris Coons joins us right now. Senator, welcome back to the National Desk. What a time to be alive. <laughs> yeah, one of the real joys of serving in the Senate is telling my family, no, I'm not <laughs> sure if I'm going to be home for Christmas. Oh, man. We've Senator, let's also talk about Build Back Better. I know you support it. Two of your Democratic colleagues in the Senate, Joe Manchin, Kirsten Cinema, still not on board. Let's take a listen to what Senator Manchin had to say about it earlier this week. Inflation is now more than tra uh, transitory. We found out it's not transitory. And on top of that, you have this new strain of uh, COVID. They're very much concerned about. No one knows what effect it's going to have. And you have inflation on top. So all these things give you cause to pause. Yeah. What's your thought, Senator Coons? Isn't that reason to pause, do you think? Well, Jen, what I've been saying uh, to Joe Manchin is, yes, uh, families are feeling the pinch at the pump, at the grocery store. Um, the other positive about where our economy is going is that wages are rising. What Build Back Better will do for your average working family is deal with the costs that keep them up at night, whether it's the cost of daycare or elder care whether it's housing costs or pre-K, and in particular, reducing the price of prescription drugs. Build Back Better is a program that will invest in some of the key costs that make inflation challenging for your average working family. And as a bill that is paid for, um, I don't think it will significantly add to inflationary pressure in our economy. Senator, I think some people can get behind some of what you said, but this bill is also a big part of it about clean energy. You didn't get the carbon right. tax, though. You didn't get the uh, clean electricity standard that a lot of Democrats wanted. But there are still measures in there that has people in coal mining states like mansions concerned about their future. Should the burden of meeting emissions reduction targets fall disproportionately on the communities who have helped to keep the lights on for generations? Uh, well, we ought to be matching any additional burden with additional investment. We ought to make sure that we're providing for development, for new manufacturing jobs, for new clean energy jobs in exactly those states that would be impacted by a transition. Look, Jan, the transition to a cleaner energy economy globally is happening. And what I think we should be doing is proactively investing uh, in new technologies, in new industries, and in the skills to be competitive in those new industries across our country and linking arms with our closest allies, as we discussed at the Global Climate Conference in Glasgow, so that we are jointly imposing a polluter fee on countries like China that are trying to dump our market uh, full of high carbon steel, for example, so that we can sustain a competitive manufacturing industry here in the United States. Yeah, Senator, you mentioned globally here as well. Uh, what do you think about this when Senator Manchin says he's for innovation, not elimination. He says even if coal was reduced to zero in the United States, thousands of carbon polluting coal mines would still operate in China and a lot of other countries because it's not North America climate, it is global climate. <laughs> Jan, that's, 
That's exactly why a big part of Build Back Better is investing in next generation technologies that will make um, fossil fuel plants, uh, whether they're coal fired or they're gas fired uh, or they're nuclear, in the developing world, potentially far less polluting. Joe Manchin's right. If we're going to deal with climate, we have to deal with it globally. And I think the way that American innovation can actually help address that issue is by showing a path forward for very large countries like India and China um, that are still building new coal-fired power plants. Um, former Secretary John Kerry, when he was at Glasgow, uh, met with the leading Chinese um, representative on climate issues. I also had a chance to meet with him and to press them really hard to reduce their methane emissions, to stop building and financing new coal-fired power plants. That's a critical piece of our work in the years ahead. Otherwise, we're simply imposing new costs on our economy right. that competitor economies are not facing. That's one of the key reasons I'm pushing uh, for a border tax um, that would actually impose additional costs on countries like China that want to export dirty products into the United States. This also comes uh, when the current state of the economy, as you mentioned before, a lot of Americans concerned about inflation. It rose 6.2% over the past 12 months, the largest hike we've seen in 30 years. Treasury Secretary Jerome Powell even said we needed to retire the word transitory. So if it's here to stay, Senator, what's the solution? Well, Fed Chairman Jay Powell, um, with whom I spoke last week, um, made it clear that this is not something that's just going to go away in a month or two. That means um, the Fed may well need to change monetary policy. Um, that would strike me as a wise step to take at this point. Um, but that's distinguishable. That's different, Jan, from whether or not we should continue with an agenda that will reduce costs for working people, reducing the cost of daycare and pre-K and prescription drugs. That can help reduce inflationary pressures on the folks who are feeling it most sharply right now. Let's talk about gas prices. The president did release 50 million barrels of oil from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve because of these out-of-control gas prices. Clearly, this is not the long-term fix. The president knows this. You know this. What's next? What legislation are you suggesting to help lower the cost of gas? Well, I'm actually talking with Senator Manchin, who's chairman of the Energy Committee, uh, about what he thinks might be the best path forward here. The United States is a major energy producer. And one of the challenges we face as we transition to a cleaner energy economy, both here in the United States and globally, uh, is how to make sure that during that transition, um, we're relying on American produced energy sources and not importing from overseas, particularly from Russia. Um, we've got a significant strategic challenge, Jan, uh, in Eastern Europe, because Russia has put 100,000 troops on the border of Ukraine. Um, Russia is the major gas source for Western Europe. We're going to be voting, I think, today or tomorrow on an amendment that would put sharp sanctions on Russia if they invade Ukraine and try to take more of their territory and try and cut off gas supplies to Western Europe. We need to be looking at how our own domestic energy supplies of, of natural gas can be both a critical strategic resource and domestic resource. And very quickly, Senator, midterms right around the corner. What do you think about the election results and some of the elections around the country, specifically in Virginia, where Democrats in rural counties did even worse than they have in recent years? Are you concerned Democrats will pay the ultimate price at the ballot box? Well, Jen, from election to election, what I tell my colleagues is your average American wants to know that what we're working on is what matters to them that we're not all caught up in inside the beltway fighting and focused on Twitter and BuzzFeed and that sort of thing, that we're actually working on the things that'll make their lives easier. So to the extent the election results in Virginia 
um, suggest that simply fighting over Trump and his legacy isn't compelling, that your average American wants to know that we're working to make their schools safer and stronger and help make sure their kids get educated right. That's a lesson I think all of us stand to learn. Senator Chris Coons from the great state of Delaware, we appreciate you joining us this morning. And if I don't see you, I hope you have a, a Merry Christmas because you will probably be Thank working. <laughs> probably will. Great to be on with you again. You're listening to our weekly podcast, The National Desk Conversations, featuring newsmaker interviews from The National Desk, America's News Now. Next on episode eight of our podcast, West Virginia Senator Shelley Moore Capito. The year-end legislative sprint well underway on the Hill. Senators have a lot on their plate, including funding the government, looking to raise the debt ceiling. But already, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer wants to bring the president's social spending and climate bill, known as Build Back Better, to the floor by December 13th. Joining us now, West Virginia Senator Shelley Moore Capito. Senator Capito, good morning to you. Did you also get a Christmas tree in case you're spending Christmas there uh, at the Capitol? <laughs> no, I didn't, but I, I, I think I'm going to need to. It yeah. looks like we're going to be here for a long time, yes. Senator, we know no Republicans are going to support Build Back Better in the Senate. You've called it a wish list of spending and reckless taxes. Your fellow senator from West Virginia, Joe Manchin, seems like he holds the key to all of this. Do you get the feeling he's going to even support uh, uh, would support a scaled-down version of this? Well, I think the problem is that the bill that brought forward is not a, a true accounting of what this bill would actually cost. It's already by the score, the official scores would add another over three hundred uh, billion to the to the debt. But also, if you look at continuation of the programs that they've built into, the full cost cost of this is over five trillion dollars, and I think that troubles. Uh, Senator Manchin as much as it troubles me and as much as it troubles the people in West Virginia. So I think what he wants is truth in advertising. What does this really going to cost and uh, and for how long? And I think that that's where the stumbling block that he's brought forward most recently that I think is going to cause a lot of the Democrats a lot of problems. You both are also in a coal mining state. 7,000 coal miners lost their jobs last year. Some of this because of cleaner, cheaper, <laughs> renewable energy sources. So what are you hearing from West Virginians uh, about this Build Back Better? Yeah, on the clean energy provisions in this Build Back Better, obviously you're dis uh, huge disadvantages to energy producing states such as ours. Uh, coal and natural gas are uh, considered enormous uh, no-nos uh, and will be disincentivized and, and, and will really throw even more people out of, the, uh, out of their jobs. Now, if you look at recent reports, you can see that there's a shortage now of coal because we can't get it out of the ground because of the policies uh, that have been put forward. And what's this going to result in? Higher prices uh, on our electric bills, ex ex exceeding 54% uh, going up. And it's already getting chilly out there now. I can't imagine really in the cold of winter what people are going to have to face when they have to face these rising prices. And Senator, this is obviously not the only thing you guys are looking at right now. You're also uh, talking about raising the debt ceiling. Manchin has said Democrats need to go ahead and do it alone through reconciliation. Do you have any idea why Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer has been against that so far? Well, I think Senator Schumer is trying to use this to break the back of the filibuster. I think that's obvious. And he's trying to uh, position senators such as Manchin and others to say, are you going to default on the debt of the United States or are you going to break the filibuster because the Republicans won't join in? But let's look at what this really is. This is really uh, paying the bills 
uh, that have been accumulated by uh, President Biden and this administration. Remember, they passed an enormous partisan rescue package, uh, close to $2 trillion, and they now want to spend another almost $5 trillion. So, uh, you know, they own this and they have it within their abilities to be able to raise the debt ceiling. I think they should do it responsibly and quickly. And quite honestly, I think if they'd been smart about it, they would have done it about six months ago and it wouldn't have been such a big issue. Yeah, one thing you did agree on, though, with President Biden was on the bipartisan infrastructure bill that was signed into law a few weeks ago. You helped craft some of that legislation. Yes. When you voted for it back then, did you know Build Back Better would be on the table as well? Because wasn't that the whole point of creating that bipartisan bill? I have always been in favor and was from the beginning of breaking apart core physical infrastructure from the rest of the president's package, the social infrastructure. That's what happened. So I wasn't going to turn my back on uh, several things that I've worked on in committee quite in an enormous and had great impact on whether that's the surface transportation or the water infrastructure bills. Broadband deployment has always been something that I've been very uh, passionate about. And, and, you know, if you go to the American public and say, look, we're going to spend your tax dollars on improving your airports, rails, uh, roads, water, get the lead out, all of these things, they're, they're hugely in favor of this. I think this really puts the other package in greater peril because now we have something that we can say that we've worked together on that's actually going to result in job creation and in good things for the American public. Let them argue out why spending another $5 trillion on undisclosed and uh, wildly dreaming projects, that's on them. So what do you say then to your Republican colleagues and even some voters who have criticized uh, you and, and some of your fellow colleagues, Republicans, that did vote for this, thinking that, you know, we're talking about spending all this money. This, this bill costs money, too. And they yes, say it does cost money. It, uh, well, no, I, 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 I reject caving. I've worked on this through committee. We had unanimous votes. Uh, of which we have 10 Republicans on my committee in the EPW uh, committee that worked the surface transportation and the water issues. Uh, I'm also on Commerce Committee where we even have more Republicans there where rural broadband deployment has been a very high, um, a, a very high priority. So what I would say is I would rather have uh, to defend improving and modernizing the nation's transportation systems employing more people to do that and really moving us into the next part of the century, then I would just say, it's not enough. I don't want it. Uh, it's, it could mean something else in the future. It could not. So if, if I get criticized for it, I, I can take that. All right. Senator Shelley Moore Capito, we appreciate you joining us this morning. Sure. Uh, hopefully we'll talk to you before Christmas. If not, have a good one. <laughs> I'll bring my tree if I'm still here. Yes. I'll look forward to seeing that. Thanks so much for joining Thank you. Us. That's episode eight of the National Desk Conversations. Join me each weekday morning from 6 to 11 Eastern for the National Desk, America's News Now. Check your local listings or you can stream it on our website, thenationaldesk.com. Our podcast comes out twice a week with fresh newsmaker interviews. The conversation continues. Until next time, from the National Desk, I'm Jan Jeffcoat.